2: Tom Bernard Show with Doug Sprinthal
3: Co-host, Catherine Brandt
2: Andy Ramp-Bernard
3: Cassie Schrader
2: We will be right back A little news, a little information Some great guests today Doug Sprinthal What more could you ask for? I mean, that's a complete show Pound of 50s in a week in the Bahamas I like it works for me We'll be right back Tom Bernard Show
4: it's
2: been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you?
4: And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw,
2: and Bryant.
0: We were talking <laughs> yeah, about a exactly suitcase
2: that blew up and
3: <laughs> got distracted.
2: And that was Doug Sprinthal that had a suitcase that blew up, and he was a bank robber ever since. So That's my my
5: cell phone experience continues. This is just driving me crazy. I can't, I, I'm I not going to name the companies because that wouldn't be appropriate, but I'm beginning to think that they're all in on the game. So I'm getting retargeted by my own provider on this great deal on a phone. The only problem is they won't honor it. I drove to the place, went online, four and a half oh hours God. later, I will get it. Oh, God. So then I'm thinking, well, I'll check out some of the other carriers, and one of them seems to be pretty straight up, and another one of the big four. You have to... Just to find out what they're going to charge you, you have to, who are you with now? What's your cell phone bill? How much data do you need? Now we need your phone number so somebody can talk to you about, Just can't you just tell people what stuff comes? That'll be good. I would this like that. This is my point. This is how we sell cars at Walzer. In fairness, there are some of our uh, manufacturers that make us email out our prices. They won't let us display it on the web. That's a manufacturer thing, but there aren't. there's no different prices. If we send you a price or if you come in and look at the cars, all the, all the cars have price stickers on the window. We don't play any of these stupid games. It's the way to buy a car, and it should be the way to buy a cell phone. I think I'm just going to go back to a landline and a beeper. I like it.
2: A jitterbug.
5: Yeah, there our
2: you go. Duck and get a jitterbug. That works for me. Walzer Domino Group, Walzer.com. Oh, I love this song. I do, too. Oh, sugar. Archie was a hell of a singer.
1: Sugar, honey, uh-huh.
5: honey.
2: The Archies. What was this, like 1964 or
5: something? I'd 65. say it was 7 or 8. Oh, was it? I think it was.
6: Because
5: it was around the Partridge family era, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yes, definitely. I love the music of the 60s. It yeah,
0: was. Too. No, I don't want to know the nutrition facts of sugar. 1969. No. 69. My
2: God, is the year just flows on by. Um... <laughs> Okay, so I have a question Uh for you guys. Did you guys get the message from the president yesterday? I I didn't get it. (laughs) You didn't get it? A lot of people didn't, so I I was too busy bitching at my cell phone carrier. (laughs) 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 I didn't get it either. Oh, okay. I never got it. I was sitting at home. Matter of fact, I happened to be watching the news at uh, 118 yesterday. You know, that's 118 Central Times when it happened. And they were all getting it on the set, but I never got it. I still (laughs) haven't gotten it. So what I'm thinking is basically that I'm going to be deported. That might be it. Mm-hmm. Can
3: it be somewhere warm and sunny?
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, are you going to go with me if I'll I get deported? i go with you. Yep. Thank you, honey. I appreciate and that we'll immensely.
3: Go, and we'll change our identities, too. That would be perfect for me.
2: <laughs> so that's, <yeah>. I would <laughs> well, love that. Yeah, I understand Let's just that do completely. It. Um, so, yeah, I didn't get that message yesterday, which I'm not all that happy about. I now have to ask all of you on the show, what is doxing? Doxed. Um, what is doxing?
0: It's like... Publicly releasing someone's address or phone number, that kind of thing. Why would oh, you do that? To be
2: a malicious, <laughs> got, awful person. Get doxed? Uh, former member of the Democratic Senate, uh, Maggie Hassan Staff. Uh, Democratic Senator Maggie Hassan Staff. Who, Maggie Hassan, what state is she from? I've mm-hmm. never even heard of her.
0: Uh, let's see.
2: Could, I, could
5: be a state Senate, too.
0: Yeah, that's
2: true. Could be a state senator. She was a state senator from okay. New Hampshire. That's why I never even heard of her. A former member of Democratic Senator Mary Hassan's staff was caught inside Hassan's Capitol Hill office Tuesday night and ultimately arrested Wednesday on charges that he doxed GOP senators. Jackson A. Costco, 20. Costco? His last name is Costco. Really? Uh, (laughs) 27. Is accused of posting private identifying information, including addresses, online political reports. A current Hassan staffer allegedly caught him in the office and called police. He had allegedly made an unauthorized entry. Costco, a George Washington University graduate who also worked for Democratic Senator Barbara Boxer uh, had most recently been working as an intern for Democratic Representative Sheila Jackson Lee. He has since been fired. Could we stop being so scummy or is that not possible? Nope, it's
3: not possible. They've been
5: doing this for years. One of the things that uh, back to the Nixon era, when who was the guy that shot uh, George Wallace? Anyway, he, they had some the GOP had some operatives uh, break into the guy's apartment and put McGovern campaign literature oh my all over the place. <laughs> God. So this is not new. It's not. I'm not no, defending not. it, but no, it's, it's not new.
3: Did you hear about that little, that kid? I guess he was a kid that went and uh, I don't remember who it was, but there's something called trackers. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, I guess there's these political trackers that follow mm. politicians around and ask questions of everyone they see and, mm-hmm. and have, they have interactions with and try to dig up dirt.
0: So they're like paparazzi for politicians. There's
3: no uh, yeah, I guess I don't know, but of course um,
0: there are. Yeah, I, I had no idea be?
3: that the, that was a, a position that you could you know have. I'm a tracker.
5: I have a new crush. Mm. Angie Craig. You do well. Think about it. All the I can't remember who's running against her. But I got
2: they, bad news for they you.
5: Post all these com- commercials, and they try to make her look bad. Yeah, she, the woman
2: can't take a bad picture, even no, in the she's attack ones. Woman. It's
5: like she's very attractive. But I got a,
2: <laughs> I got bad news for you. Okay, she's I don't think her girlfriend would like you. I don't think I don't think her wife. No, <laughs> yeah. she's married. She's she's
0: married to a woman. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. She's mm. married to Cheryl Green.
2: Way to go, Doug. Win it. Be anti. Uh, I suppose you're going to tell my. Uh,
0: my
5: crush
2: on Portia de Rossi's for nothing. as well, huh? <laughs> that's next, exactly. Yeah, I agree with you. Angie Craig's a very attractive woman. But
5: when the, the, my point is, is when they have an attack ad and they can't make you look horrible. Yeah, Because everybody true. else,
2: they find the one picture where they're like... Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. They
1: look horrible.
2: <laughs> all you got to do is stop action. That's why I love it when I want. We did it for a while. I don't do much anymore. But we'd watch the news and all of a sudden just pause the news. Yeah. And it was yeah. always like... I know. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing <laughs> those are so These
1: fun to weird do <laughs> faces.
2: no I, you know having a little fun at the house making you look terrible that's all it's not a big deal
5: I actually didn't know she was gay that's, I didn't, don't really know much about her but I just I didn't either. been watching more well, TV you just know she's photogenic
2: lately. Well, yeah. it's
3: so cold and shitty more work edith.
5: Edith. Sorry. Edith.
0: more work for, edith.
3: Edith. Edith.
1: More work for edith. Edith. Oh, everybody well there's no other edith. word for this
3: weather Yeah. sorry
1: I know it's, it's a little so cold yesterday. It's so up and down. It's like, do I wear a coat? No, yes. Well, it was eighty,
3: <laughs> and then the windstorm came in and oh, blew down a couple of trees, and then it was like thirty.
1: <laughs> I know. I was. It's I been always so crazy. It's all over. In Minnesota, you could be wearing flip flops on Monday and shoveling snow by Friday. I know. It's,
2: you damn right.
1: It's so bizarre. It's true. It is.
2: A big overnight development in the Brett Kavanaugh saga. The White House said it has received the FBI's new report about the Supreme Court nominee and sent it on to the Senate, reports the Washington Post. The move puts the Senate on track for a final confirmation vote as early as Saturday. And the White House says it's got con- I thought it was tomorrow. They said I thought it was, thought it was tomorrow. tomorrow, too, yeah. although
5: they've got to let the Senators read. Apparently, the the copy hours, yeah. the copier broke at the uh, Senate, so they only have one copy. No, they and,
2: only give them one copy. I know. I'm kidding. Exactly. <laughs> mm. They give them one copy, and they have to pass around. It's going to take 30 hours Why? for all of them to read it. Why not just make more copies? Mm, I don't think they want it slipping out. Well, then block them all in a room. Well, that would be good. Here, let's sit down and... Um, This in addition to the most comprehensive review of a Supreme Court nominee in history added Raj Shah, a White House spokesman. Once again, I'd like to make it very, very clear that I don't have a dog in this fight. Um, I don't know what happened with Mr. Kavanaugh. I don't know what happened with Dr. Ford. I was not there. I did read an article. Oh, it's on
5: Facebook, if you want to look it up. There's a lot of people telling you exactly what happened. That's, I, that's
2: something I am not going to be doing, I can promise <laughs> he's, you that.
3: He's not a very likable guy.
2: Who, Kavanaugh? Yeah. Well, you called him a Yaley dink.
3: <laughs> wow.
2: Well, so that was nice yeah. But,
3: I mean, the way he behaved when he was being questioned, it, yeah. he was Honey, sort
2: of a jerk. let me tell you something. If somebody was attacking my, threatening to kill I my know, family, but if I'd any, be a little upset. But
3: if anybody should know how you should respond well i mean it wasn't it felt like a trial but yeah it, you know it wasn't but see? um if anybody should know how to handle himself uh it would it should be him
2: i understand that opinion. but again when you and the same happened with dr ford by the way her family was threatened with death too Let's see, the whole these thing, people it are just insane sick go get a dairy queen cone or something and calm down
1: oh you gotta get a taco it's national taco oh day.
2: it's national taco day why isn't mm-hmm. it on a tuesday
1: I don't know Taco
2: Tuesday. Why the Taco yeah. Tuesday? So
1: What's wrong with this world? Yes, yeah, Taco Tuesday, what but on a America Thursday. Mm, kind of like what they did <clears throat> in the Lego Movie. there
2: and It's Taco Thursday. Taco <laughs> Thursday. Maybe we should go. You want to get tacos tonight instead of? Tom lap 14? has been dying
3: to go out to dinner tonight. So anywhere, well, you, want to go, you, know, anywhere you want to go. We're celebrating.
2: You know, anywhere you want to go, I'll go. You're celebrating
5: wonderful. that everything's wonderful? Everything is beautiful. The sun is out. I'm telling you. in the wrong you. studio in again. Way. He's, he, yeah, is, he doesn't yeah. think
3: he is, but he's definitely happier when it's sunny outside.
5: Well, I'm the same way. I am, too. Yeah.
3: For sure. What the hell lightning. do you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, this isn't the story I was talking about, but there's another tracker that was fired. Oh, really? Yeah. A Democratic Party. Doug. <laughs> oh, yeah. was fired we all Thursday. get
5: together they actually they, all the democrats that. in the country come over to my house and we plot and
3: plan well, beers. I just think it's funny um, was fired Thursday for allegedly stalking the family of a republican candidate challenging representative Sean Patrick Maloney uh, the wife of the candidate said that this guy was peering into their windows she's got a brand new baby who she's trying to breastfeed. <sighs> yeah It's all true. Isn't that harassment and terrorism? I mean, to have somebody sitting outside your house? Well,
5: I would think it's uh, probably, I don't know if you'd call it terrorism, but it's certainly
3: It can't make you feel good to have people stalking you. Uh, Depends on who they are. Why are politicians so creepy?
2: They always have been.
3: Wait a minute. I didn't even know that this was a thing.
0: Sean Patrick Maloney is gay, so... I don't think you read that right.
3: Stalking the family of a Republican candidate challenging Representative challenging. Oh, okay. Sean Patrick
0: Oh, Maloney. Right. oh they're just not there aren't giving
2: any gay Republicans, right? Well,
0: I thought they, all they all were They're gay. just
2: not giving the guy's <laughs> name.
3: I thought everybody I was I gay. I thought
2: everybody's gay now. I don't care, by the way, if you're all <laughs> gay, care good less. for you couldn't care less
3: but that's not the story I was thinking of because what that did happen here to somebody I can't find the story it was a, it was a minor and they're like it was an overly zealous youth
0: of course was
5: oh, in somebody's I I house yeah, in yeah.
3: someone's house that's, that's just crazy I something's got to be done I don't know what I have no idea what but Ooh. something should be done. Especially with Tom Bernard, who's not paying any attention to. Brian I
2: am paying yet. attention to you. I, <laughs> I'm just trying to look for the, there, there were two women. Uh, they did a comparison of women who are supporting Kavanaugh and women who are supporting <sighs> Dr. Ford. Yeah. And one of the women who are supporting Dr. Ford in the Star Tribune was uh, raped at gunpoint in uh, Rochester, Minnesota. And she asked, you know, don't, don't people care about victimized women? And certainly we do. We've been very open about that. I, as I said a month ago, or maybe longer than that, 11 women have approached approached me personally to talk to me about how they were raped. You know, so I, I'm pretty sure that women look at me like a like a pretty understanding and and supportive ear. Did you hear about Connie Chung? Uh, that just popped up on my yes. screen. I did not she hear about. She came
5: out it. yesterday. Uh, letter that the times published saying that she had been raped 50 years ago by her family doctor the guy that delivered oh, her. She was God. 20 years old oh my God. A virgin and she oh went to see the God. doctor to get a prescription for birth control pills Now my she geez. told Maury about it years ago, but she's never it's that's yeah. you can't read the letter without
3: tears. Oh, that's crazy. Horrible.
5: Yeah, that's but it's a, it it's per, what the point she's trying to make is that you know, this is a problem for a lot of women, and we rightly yeah. are. We're afraid to tell. And she says, "I remember a lot of the details, like it was still happening, sure. and other things. I can't remember what yeah. month it was, yep. or all that other stuff." I could of see stuff, that. So
2: that's terrible. It is. It is
3: terrible. It is horrible.
2: I just this doctor I, that delivered her. Now, how do you get What's there? What's wrong with you? How do you get to that point? You delivered this baby, and now you want to have and he's force been yourself? dead for 20 years, apparently. So oh, he is. Yeah. Did Maury kill him? <laughs> I'm hoping. I don't know. I'm hoping Maury killed him. That wasn't great. in the story. I, I just, yeah, I, I just don't understand. You deliver a little baby, you go, here, here's the baby I just delivered for you. And then years later, you try to rape her? Or he did rape her? Did. He, oh, he did rape yeah. her. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking for the story right now because I did see it pop up. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's But yeah, I. I this whole And, I, and again, I don't have, I'm don't. i not choosing a side in Dr. Ford and, and Matt Kavanaugh. I don't think I could have handled either one of them on either side. Uh, it's very difficult to sit in front of the entire world talking about how you've been sexually molested or how yes. you didn't sexually molest someone. It cannot be easy. And I just wish we would all stop pretending we know what happened because we have no idea what happened. Well,
3: you just, everybody's having this emotional gut reaction to... Well, you can't. I know, There are other but human
2: beings' lives involved it's here. It's
3: just how it is.
2: Yeah, I just, I don't... That's
3: know why I don't think is. it should have been a public hearing like that. No. I really don't.
2: Yeah, I just, I really...
3: Because I don't, she didn't want that anyway. Ford no. didn't want that.
2: Doug, uh, this is your area of expertise, so answer this for me. The 68 GTO. Thank you, thank you very much. Ding, <laughs> ding. Are people becoming more sociopathic as each day goes on? I I, don't, I would say
5: no, because that's that's a, a well they think. I mean, psychiatry is, is sort of a black art, but they think that Ooh, that's a, a genetic right? thing that you can't you can't catch it. You just you're either sociopathic, or you're can not. Can you learn? I don't it? think you can. No,
2: because so it's it, got to be
5: you know behavior without um, any sort of
2: regret. But that's where we are now. Yeah, we harm people and don't care at all that we've harmed them.
3: I thought when I, but, I mean from well, my college psychology classes, I thought when people were placed in a double bind situation constantly, that they could definitely flip into psychosis. Yeah, yeah, you can. Well,
5: uh, psychosis is different than uh, being a, yeah. a, sociopath. a sociopath. Well, so it's I mean, sociopath. they're they're without empathy for anybody what we're seeing today is people that i mean it's the classic what the military does in times of war where you just make the enemy the devil Mm -hmm. and sort of stuff like that because it's easier to hate somebody that you're it takes away the whole empathy thing. That's that's
2: really, I think, is what's going on. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So it's not sociopathic. It's narcissistic behavior. Is right. that what it is? Well,
5: that's close to it. Or demonize, really demonizing. We've turned right. this, our political system, it didn't take much to do it, really into the world's it's biggest disgusting. football game. Yeah, no doubt it. Where everybody's just trying to kill the other side. We will be right back.
2: Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here with the founder and CEO of North American Banking Company. Michael Bilski. He's here to talk about a great service and an app that you can get because you're a customer of North American Banking Company. It's called XCheck. All right, Michael, my friend, how do you get it? What's the situation? Do I need it? All that stuff.
5: It's an application that we designed to compete with the national applications out there for person-to-person payments. You can get it at the Apple Store or the Android Store. It's for payments that you want to make when you don't have cash. If you want to pay the kid who shovels your driveway, if you want to settle up a dinner check if you want to settle up a bet on the golf course when you don't have cash you can use the app the payment will settle directly into the payee's account literally the same day
2: this is tom why not bank with my banker and x check i'm going to get it today check out nabankco.com slash kq for more about x check north american banking company a better banking experience member fdic and equal housing lender And please tell them Tom sent you. Andy, can you name the theme song that she's playing right now? Uh, God.
0: Well, we've done this before, and I told you it was from Spy Hunter, the video game. Yes. Wow. But they, originally it was from. Crap. It's. Crap. It's like. Peter Rabbit. Yes, it's Peter Rabbit. It's Peter... Peter, 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 It's Rabbit.
5: Peter... Boom, boom, boom. Uh, Gun? Yep. Peter Gun. <laughs> Peter Gun. Peter Gun. <laughs> now, in fairness, that was, what, from the mid-50s? Oh, yeah. what I, I, think I have so, yeah.
2: never seen a single episode of Peter Gun. I will tell you something. They did it on purpose. The guy's name just happens to be two references to a penis. I mean, that was not an accident.
3: What are you saying?
2: Peter and a gun, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I
5: suppose you're going to tell me those women in the James Bond movies, they weren't double entendres Octopussy? either. Octopussy?
2: No, yeah. I'm sure. Pussy
5: galore. Very Pussy normal galore. names.
2: Yeah. Very normal. Um, what I was talking about with, the, with this whole narcissism and, you know, whether it's sociopathic or not, the reason I brought that word up is because uh, some professors now said that Dr. Ford is a sociopath because the reason she was able to appear that she had actually been harmed was sociopaths could do that now i don't know again i'm not trying to play any sides in this deal i was not there i don't know
5: Here, let me look it up on facebook i'll get to, i'll get to the bottom of this
2: here's what i like <laughs> yes she is no wait a minute no apparently she isn't here's what i like Ah, Kavanaugh is not fit to be on the Supreme Court. Nobody on the Supreme Court is fit to be on the Supreme Court. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, not until we can, like, invent a robot
2: that God can speak through. That's when I'll be satisfied with a Supreme Court candidate. Okay, so basically Clarence Thomas and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. they are two right there that should have never been on the Supreme Court. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is not. Well, I think she just kind of
0: went senile.
2: She was okay for a while. And she's, she's on the Supreme Court of the United States of America and goes after the president. Yeah, she
0: just kind of... Yeah, let's not do her that. Her mind isn't all there anymore.
2: She's got a big chair, though. She Remember when we went in the Supreme Court room? She does have a big chair. The chair, honestly, it sits up like four feet okay. higher than anybody else's. Yeah, it's hilarious, what the actually. Hell? Was that a cat? It sounded it, like a cat. I, mouth.
3: Mouth. Oh. I not to yell, she out. Goes, oh. Oh. I smashed my thigh oh. on the side of the chair.
2: So, yeah, one of the things about the, the narcissism that's going on now, it's been uh, revealed that men are afraid to order veter- uh, of, of vegetarian meals because it's embarrassing. What? Who is? Oh my God. Who cares what you order for dinner? Explain that to me. I have never sat down at a table and gone, why did you order that? What do I care what you want to eat? I mean, that's a bit narcissistic thinking that anyone cares mm. what you eat. See, think? I, I think people so. make fun of people for saying, like,
0: you know, going out of their way to let everyone know how vegetarian they are. Yeah. But if you just order the salad, no one's going to be like, oh, I'm sure you order some meat. Because it's like sometimes you want a salad. I
3: don't know. And every people make God, proclamations about meat? their diet. Like, I don't eat yeah. gluten. Oh, I couldn't live without gluten. Yeah, What's wrong with you? Or if I don't, uh, yeah, like yeah, Alex. I, right. Alex, it's like, you know, oh, I, oh, oh, you're not eating meat? No, I'm a vegetarian. I could never be a vegetarian. It's like, Why? what do you care what who, somebody eats? I don't care if
2: you could be a vegetarian or not. I, well, who cares?
3: Yeah, it's it's the same thing with people. Oh, well, they don't drink. I don't want to hang around them. I don't trust people that don't drink. Exactly. That's kind of sad. It's like, uh, I couldn't care less if you drink or not. The only thing I people would
5: be embarrassed
2: ordering would be Velveeta. I would be embarrassed. About There's everyone. a couple
5: of things I wouldn't
0: order in front of people.
2: Like what?
5: Well, Velveeta
2: would be one. Velveeta would be one. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, Just order a big bowl of Velveeta? Yes. Yeah.
5: I've like been, been some known Velveeta. to eat the mac and Velveeta cheese restaurant. with like half a gallon of ketchup on it too. For really? I know. See? Uh, See? My son that, does now that. that's the reaction. Huh? That's why I wouldn't do it in front why of Why ketchup? I don't know. It's because it's you loaded it with sugar, kid?
0: and when I was, you know, young and didn't have any money, when just... you're a kid, oh, yeah. Suppose, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I believe we have Andrew Gross on the phone. Oh, really? Okay. Well, that sounds good.
2: We have someone on the phone. Andrew, is it? Is we it, do. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you, Andrew.
6: Andrew, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? That was my. That was my. Uh... I, I'm. I'm actually eating a. Uh... A um, plate full of Elvita. Excellent.
2: <laughs> Welcome to the show. Yum, yum, no wonder
6: yum. your last name is gross.
2: Thank you very much. Hey. Great to be here. I've never, heard that, Don't You've never heard that before, have you, Andrew? <laughs>
6: nah, yeah, not, not, not since uh, third grade, actually. <laughs> I was going to say, not
2: since uh, about noon Central
6: uh okay. following up
2: uh, the one man and the saboteur Gross's next historical thriller brings to life the drama of the birth of organized crime in 1930s new york city from the tale of one family my uh, wife is here she's on the show as well andrew and she's Hi. just looking at me like going oh god you and your you and your
3: mobsters mobsters
2: from the 1930s i'm holding your book in my <laughs> hand here andrew and by the he way loves you, mobsters. you do cut a fine figure in the picture i would like to tell you that
6: Oh, thanks. Thanks. And by the way, it's uh it's not a book um for men. I mean, I I if I if right. I'm taking your reaction in terms of <laughs> oh, you guys and your mobsters, um this is actually a story about the birth of the women's garment business yes. and yeah, how it's right, intertwined right. with mobsters. So, yeah, it did. um it's uh it it's it's not a hard book in that sense or you know, it's a book that—actually, uh, more of my readers are female, oh, as, okay. it, as it turns out, than, than right, male. Right, so
2: right. That's understandable.
6: I
3: like historical fiction anyway for some—maybe because I'm
0: a— I don't think this is fiction, is it?
3: Isn't it?
2: Well, well it. I guess it. kind of. It's an historical, historical thriller. Phrase. That's a great way to put it. Okay. Andrew Gross, our right. special guest, Buttman is the book. Um, you should
6: say that— yeah. Button man? You just you said, butt it man.
4: Like- I <laughs> said button <laughs> man. You know yeah, said you know like
6: but you know button man, Do you know what a button man is, actually? Uh, not everyone does. They um, shoot people, other, yes. uh, other than Other than obviously there's a connotation to the garment trade, right? which is. Uh, sure. What these, what this family, this immigrant family gets into in the early 1900s, uh, but a button man was slang for a mob uh, a hitman hit, hit back yeah. in the 30s. Yeah.
2: Yep. Mm. Yeah. Mm. He, I'm a button man for the mob. Yeah, absolutely. Um, why the garment industry, Andrew? The the. Uh, no, look, I understand. Was this a, was this a union thing? How did this all happen?
6: Well, I'll give you a little background. First of all. Um, um, for Jews who grew up on the Lower East Side, mm-hmm. you know, in the early parts of the of the 20th century, there were two ways out. One was the garment business, which had no barriers to entry, and the other was crime. Oh. And what people don't really know about, I mean, everyone sort of thinks that Jews had a way of, of, of going into the garment trade. That one's no surprise. Mm-hmm. What they don't know is that back in the 20s and 30s, the Jews were the bloodiest killers um, in, in New York. Yes. Um, they literally, the Italians, would farm out their hits to the Jews who, who turned it into a contract for hire business, hence the name Murder Incorporated. Um, so there were these two paths. Now, um, I come out of the garment business before I started writing thrillers. I spent 20 years in it, um, and, and to a large degree... This story, the hero of this story, and and the story uh, in itself is the story of my own grandfather, um, really? who 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 came here, uh, you know, without a penny. Never went past the the sixth grade in education, actually never went to the sixth grade, never went past the fifth grade in education, started working in a factory by the time he was 12, um, in like 1914, and by the time he was 19, was running the factory, and then ended up uh, battling the unions who had, um, excuse me, battling the mob who had taken over the garment unions for their own illicit gain. So uh, to to a large degree, it's uh, somewhat of an autobiographical story of our family.
2: I will tell you, Andrew. You'll you'll find out that uh, my background uh, is a little. Do you? I'm going to ask you this question: Do you use the word schmata in the book at all?
6: Um, you know, uh, it's amazing, but I, I I I don't think I do. And if I did, I did once, but. I um, obviously uh, i was a par- I, I was a part of the shamata business for for some time as a matter of fact the garment center doesn't really exist anymore it's been co-opted by other yeah. industries and clothing companies have left it but if you go down to the to the you know the high 30s on in broadway and 7th avenue i have worked in 1400 1407 Broadway 1412 Broadway 14 1414 um, uh, 14, um, <laughs> and and, and um, you know I've worked in all of them so. I love that. See, I,
2: I think that's wonderful that you've worked in the Shmata business and uh, I have can I ask a question? Sure. I
3: have an I, for some reason I have this idea in my head that the garment industry is one of the reasons why unions started because of a uh, um, fire that, that, or something? Yes.
6: Yeah. You're, or you're, you're 100% right. Yay, in 1911, you know? there was oh, a, a real calamity in New York called the Triangle uh, Shirtwaist Factory fire, uh, Shirtwaist where 146 rights. women were killed, mm-hmm. um, um, all of whom, by the way, were locked in so that they couldn't escape. Um, and, and They were locked in so that they couldn't take unauthorized breaks and ended up killing 146 people. And after that, um, the press uh, got on that so, you know, so intensely and um, that unions actually had um, the opportunity to develop here prior to that. Um, they never really had the chance because the, the, the capitalists, I, I, you know, were just so in control. But after that, um, there was a widespread sentiment that uh, workers had to organize.
3: Yeah, well, for good reason. For good reason, I'll yeah. tell you,
5: my, when my mm-hmm. sister uh, got out of Duke Law uh, and she went to uh, uh, join a firm, one of the first cases that she had to defend was a chicken processing plant in North Carolina. This is in the late 80s where the same thing happened. They'd locked them in there, place caught on fire, and 50 people died. And her job was <laughs> yeah. to go to the families of these people that's and terrible. try to settle yeah. cheap. And she said, oh, I can't do
6: this. no, yeah. no, 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 So yeah, it still true. goes on. But,
5: yeah, Triangle Fire, that, that was, a, that was a really a big deal.
6: Now, yeah. I have to say that, that my book, I sort of describe it as – as, as Great Expectations meets The Godfather, and Great Expectations, <laughs> Dick Dickens's novel. Dickens' novel because it really is a boy to manhood story of someone who grows up against in a class struggle, um, and and The Godfather because the book has kind of a uniquely uh, cultural depiction of organized crime. In this case, uh, Jewish crime, Jewish Jewish mobs. Um, so um, you know it's. It's, 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 there's a lot of real-life figures in the book. Uh, Lepke. Louis Lepke was yeah. the most notorious killer of his time, and Dutch Schultz was right with him, and these were two really, really bloody Jewish guys. Uh, and, and believe me, if you grew up on the Lower East Side, you grew up tough, whether you went into the garment business or right. you went into crime. Right. And 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 then, uh, um, in addition to that, I've got politicians uh who were who after them, and a lot, a lot of figures who were sort of interspersed here who were real um, that go against the the fictional characters as well. You know
2: it's amazing to novel. me, Andrew, looking back, the mob in, in Minneapolis, St. Paul, it uh, was a, a 100% Jewish mob here, as a matter of fact. Uh, Bugsy Siegel used to come and play uh, golf here mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, there's a long history of it. Kid Can Blumenfeld was a guy's name who kind of ran the mob uh, back when I was a, mm-hmm. a kid. It's it's a fascinating story. I mean, it's literally people being shut out from society, so kind of forming their own form of society and, and eventually getting to the point where, at least to me, because I, you know, Growing up around that whole thing, I, I just really like the fact that they kind of... The Jews in Minnesota... First of all, Minneapolis after World War II was the most anti-Semitic city on earth. It earth. hasn't
5: changed much.
2: No, it hasn't changed. <laughs> you're right. No, it's true. Jews are not treated all that well in the state. Really? They really aren't. It's it's unfortunate, but it's true. But yeah, I, I the whole history of whether it's Italians or Jews or whomever, uh, you know... African American families throughout the United States. The reason that they had to form uh, unions and ma- make themselves look very dangerous to people—that was a, that was a necessity. It absolutely is like, leave me alone, let me do my job. Because if you don't, I'm going to harm you. Uh,
6: well, when you when you grew up, and you know, much of the book takes place between the years 1905 and 1935. Mm-hmm. And when you grew yeah. up then, especially on the Lower East Side or in Brooklyn you literally had to hire protection just to walk from one end to the other sure. because praying preying on these on these new pe- new immigrants who have come in off the boat you know who had their side locks lo- locks long and spoke eastern european languages and didn't have their own similar view of religion um where uh, were irish thugs we we're, were italian thugs yep. and so literally just to go to school or go to your job at that early age you had to hire protection so, um, the crime actually, I think, came up just because people grew up on the streets and and but to to a large degree, you know, you're right. I mean, some of it what just was protection, but when it comes to Jewish crime, I mean, everyone sort of thinks in The Godfather, the book, the, the movie The Godfather about Hyman Roth, mm-hmm. who was actually not a character himself, it was based on Meyer Lansky. Right. And so, you know, the Jewish mafia, so to speak, was looked at as people who were accountants who control the money. <laughs> yes. But what people don't okay. really realize is that before that, they earned that by being the bloodiest killers in, uh, in, in organized crime.
2: Yeah, 100% true. Can, can you uh, can we take a very quick break? Can we have you stay for a few more minutes or as long as... Yeah,
6: sure, sure. My pleasure. Wonderful.
2: Sure. We'll be right back. Andrew Gross, the book is called yeah. Button Man. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard here. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, our very special guest, Andrew Gross. The book is called Button Man. Uh, It has to do with the schmata business, the garment district in New York. It has to do with organized crime. Uh, it has to do with a lot of things. You know, I was thinking back, Andrew, maybe you you know this. Uh, I Wasn't Louis Lepke played in the movie by Tony Curtis?
6: Tony Curtis, yeah. yeah it was yeah, Tony. Yeah. Bernard
2: Schwartz is the real name, right?
6: Um, by Tony Curtis. Yeah. You know, yeah. Louis Lepke's name, and it, and he's a character in the book, is Louis Buckhalter, But, yeah, yeah, Tony Curtis was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a pretty good movie. Um, yeah. Well, it's an interesting life and an interesting time, and he was one of the very few criminals who—I don't want to give away part of the ending—who was electrocuted in Sing Sing. But you know, there weren't many. There weren't many mobsters who ended up in the death chair at Sing Sing. So, and he was one of them.
2: No, not at all. Did he really? Didn't he surrender to Walter Winchell or somebody like that? Really.
6: Um I think. you know I can't uh, I don't know but to, no I don't think to walter Winchell but um but he did he did surrender he surrendered. so you know he the, the, um, the book also is the story of three brothers and um, um, one of them is an accountant who uh, who uh, drops out of school when his uh, father dies the other is my hero in this Morris, who is uh, tall and you know, comfortable with his fists and has this sort of unshakable moral center. And then the third one is Harry, who is scarred by a family tragedy that happens in the first chapter and ends up being seduced into a life of crime. So you really have the whole dynamic as well of the relationship between these three brothers that goes from from closeness to 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 betrayal, um, to uh, redemption, and then ultimately to forgiveness.
2: I think it's a way... Do you know somebody named Robichefsky? Or did you just make that uh,
6: No, no, great, not, well, I don't know, I just, yeah, well, they shorten it, it becomes Rob, and the yeah, story right. of the book is the story of Morris Rob, um, and it's, in like the second or third chapter when he first goes to work, they say, a good Russian name, but I think we're going to have to shorten it to Rob.
4: Do you, uh,
2: did you run it, when, when when doing research for the book or whatever, and maybe you've done that a long time ago or whatever, but do you still run into people who really don't want to or anybody else to portray that whole era on the Lower East Side, New York? The people, ah, let's not talk about that anymore because I don't... Well, I'll
6: tell you what I do find. I I have found, and this has really surprised me. I mean, I'm going to preface this by saying that one of the book tours that I'm doing this year is the Jewish Book Council. Uh, Two, the book has been reviewed in Jewish Week magazine, but I have found people who have been reluctant yeah. to, to to sort of want to push anything that portrays Jews in a negative light. Yep. And I go, wait a minute, this isn't a negative light. I'm a Jew, you know. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. everyone in the garment business is a Jew, you know. This isn't a negative light. This is the way things were then. And to some degree, Jews were playing on Jews because the people who ran the apparel companies were Jewish, and the people who had taken over the Union for their illicit gain and who were preying on them were in most cases jewish as well um, and there is a lot of violence to, in that i mean if you were the kind of person as my hero is who stands up to this and says no i'm not going to allow myself to become a victim of extortion you could have your your factory they could throw a stink bomb in your factory which sounds kind of benign but could destroy your inventory oh, and put you out right. of business they could. They would throw acid in your face, literally, and just figure you for life. Yeah, yeah. Or in the case of one character, you get tossed out of a 14th story window. So
2: yes. Uh, well it that, was rough stuff. That does happen. Well, the the one that fascinated me he was an Italian guy. He was not a Jew. He was an Italian guy. The I believe FBI had him in custody to uh, to testify in court, and he somehow fell out the window of the hotel uh, to his death. So you know that'll
4: happen.
6: You know what the famous line is, and it's in it's in my book. The famous line is, uh, "Canaries uh, can uh, uh, can't fly, but they sure can sing." <laughs> so as he, <laughs> which is wonderful.
2: Oh, by the way, Andrew, I did uh, some research. Walter Winchell it, Lepke did uh, surrender to Walter Winchell of the Daily Mirror.
6: One for you, one for your No, side. I just I, 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 no, no, no. <laughs> I'm glad to know it. I uh, I speak enough on this and. You would think that might be something i should know so well done no
2: i just i literally have been fascinated by this uh from the time i was a little kid i the the whole idea of of um every new immigrant uh and it still continues to this day The, the new immigrants to america to this day find they have to band together to to i suppose uh uh, retain or maintain some of their culture from the old country and bring it to America and they like to be around people of like mind. I'm sure that's part of it. But then to protect that community uh, becomes very, very important. It it fascinates me. It really does. I I love looking back Mm -hmm. at those stories. That's why I love your book. I guarantee you that. You'll have a new big fan of me because I love the fact that people turn to working hard um, Catherine has a wonderful story. My wife here has a wonderful story about her friend Joyce, a nice Jewish girl in uh, in Saint. With, she lived in Golden Valley, right?
3: A uh, Saint Louis Park and Golden Valley. Yep.
2: But her father, who was a prominent doctor, told her that because she was Jewish, she had to try harder. She had to score better on her tests because you're a Jew. You need to do better than anybody else. Which mm-hmm. I found fascinating.
6: Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I, I mean, it's fascinating. Well, they
3: didn't to like me. it. She didn't like that.
6: No, I, I know. I understand <laughs> that. But well. I, I, I Along those lines, uh, if anyone hasn't seen the movie uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, they should make sure they they do. I actually think it should be required viewing in every school in America because it will inspire anybody to not only achieve high but for for uh, public service as well. but I mean that sort of ethic was very much a part of uh, what the movie was about.
2: Wow. Yeah, I, I, that's exactly. I mean, it's it's been very. You prominent. guys
6: haven't seen it, I can tell. No, so. I haven't seen it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well I'll, I'll tell you take why. Take my recommendation. Okay.
2: I'll tell you why, Andrew, because because I work about eighteen hours a day, so I don't see a whole lot of movies. As a matter of fact, uh, but uh, yeah, R B G is the name of the movie. I do know that. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. I will get that done because I uh, I, I love movies, but I just don't have a lot of time. I also well,
6: mean, I mean, this is a documentary, but right, it's totally right. inspiring. You know, it's 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 whatever your political views, it's completely inspiring.
2: I don't have political views, Andrew. Is it, does that shock you? I literally, uh, at this point in my life, I'm kind of disgusted by all politicians in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. I just I cannot believe that people have turned on each other as badly as they have, and I'm sure yeah, that's social it's a, media. it's
6: a long line. It is, yeah, it is I mean, absolutely. It's a long line you're standing in, so we, we all is. feel that
2: way. I love, uh, by the way, where did you get the picture on the front cover of the book?
6: Uh, I, I, St. Martin's Press found it, not me. God, it's
2: just great. It's a great picture because yeah, you got the, you got the three boys walking along, because that is where it all started with the little boys in the neighborhood trying to figure out what they were going to do and how they were going to get there. That's pretty much where mm-hmm. where it all starts anyway, right?
6: Yep. Um, there's a lot of the book that sort of takes you back to that period of time in that neighborhood. And I, I really have enjoyed sort of um, setting thrillers into these historical settings. It's not the easiest thing when you're paid to write a book every year um, because it adds you know, an added dimension of... Complexity. Not only do you have to come up with a plot and characters, but you have to find a historical setting yep. where the outcome of that the outcome of that conflict would have taken history one way or the other. But I, I really do enjoy it, and much of this book is set in that in that sort of early stage of, uh, of the 30-year period between 05, when um, these immigrant kids are are, are children, and 1935. And you know, I, there's 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 a lot packed in there. There's a whole sort of flapper world as well there's the speakeasy yeah. world there's there's a lot in it
2: that's phenomenal I, it's, see I just going all the way back to once upon a time in America the four-hour version of that movie uh-huh. I, that's a that's a story about young Jews in New York it, it's a wonderful well story.
6: everybody has um, referred that movie to uh, me uh, bet, with the subject yeah. of this book. <laughs> yep. And that and Boardwalk Empire because there's sure. an over, there's a, a, an overlap as well. So I think if there are fans of those two things, they'd really dig this book.
2: I really like the fact that we look back at our history because this is you know, part of the formation of America as a country, part, part of what America became as a country. I love reading books like this because you always learn something new. Um, I
6: appreciate Well, the other it. thing is... In a family, I mean I, my kids are grown um, but but they don 't know anything about the generation prior to to let 's say my mother so my my grandfather, who's sort of the hero of this, they really had no sense of what his life was like, and a lot of the book is built on the arc of his life, so I think everybody should be sort of telling these family stories because. You know whether your fam- whether your your antecedents were were shoveling a, a a ditch or whether they were doctors or lawyers or or garment men, um, they all sort of made the place for where we are now, and all of these stories should be told. so to me, that's sort of a very important mission that I have in telling these stories.
2: It is wonderful. I have great memories. Uh, being a kid and seeing the old Jewish men with their Homburg hats and their velvet-collared overcoats standing on Plymouth Mm -hmm. Avenue. It was just, uh, they're great memories for me, Andrew. They really are. I love the whole idea. Super. Andrew Gross, Button Man. Thank you, Andrew. Great, great interview. Great idea. Great book. And I hope to talk to you again very soon, sir.
6: Great. My pleasure. Nice to be with you guys.
2: Nice to have you. Andrew Gross, Button Man, the name of the book. Yeah, that whole deal just make a good movie, like actually. Yeah, really oh, okay, would we'll make movie. a really good yeah. movie. I mean, look at this picture on the front of the book. Isn't that just cool as hell?
1: Yeah,
2: it's the old, you know, it looks a lot like Once Upon a Time in America, yeah. in America, yeah. the opening scene, and that whole situation. Four hours, and I, I don't know how many times I've watched that movie all the way. I've never seen Lawrence of Arabia. I which is four hours long but i've seen once upon a time i haven't America, seen about dr Zhivago
5: either. either when i get the long. flu
2: those will be my <laughs> flu movies. <laughs> flu movies that's all i have to say clean how are you
1: i'm good how are you tom
2: where have you been sister
1: I've been around since you were
2: ripping I me, know. Of a, you know, attacking me mercilessly. Oh, it was I'm fun deeply for me. hurt. was fun for Catherine. I was her
1: surrogate. It. Oh
2: God! It's a, oh, you were. Oh, okay. I, I, I gave didn't her know there jerk was. A, so she could
3: know. I had no idea that,
2: that there was, was a plan there. Yeah, but, a you know, bit of a,
1: no, it was a funny movie. when I. It was the first time I ever did a roast, and I'm not. A mean person in general, <laughs> and I. Some are gr- you sure? I, how, how
5: do you think you got the sure. job? <laughs> <laughs> well, my, yeah, there you go. Well, what happened? Job, was then, somebody,
1: uh, a girl, dropped out, and I don't know if it gets down to the point where they're like, you get, a, you give it, but you get to take it too. right. right. So how are you gonna take it? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I kind of thought it was a sweet deal because I had. A day and a half, I think, to write my stuff, and I figured no one knew I was going in, so no one would have anything right. to come well, back at me right? with. Yeah. So I did it, and I told my mom I was doing it. And this nice, you know, Irish Catholic, she she said after the fact, "I was praying with the Holy Spirit that you weren't going to be too mean to oh, people because it was so funny." I love it. I know, but I was I doing really it, it, and I remember apologizing a lot while I was up there. It was just a blur. It was just but like your, you're your mother was whispering in your ear. I no, I said, I well, I apologized a lot, Mom, so they, someone was listening to you. I don't know.
2: Colleen, I will tell you what was so amazing <laughs> about that night. Uh, Colleen Justin with us in studio. She's at Royal Comedy. As a matter of fact, we'll spend the entire second hour with Wait, Colleen. are so you Colleen. Colleen Justin or Colleen Justice? Justice. Justice, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, somebody put, did somebody put Justin on there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, was I was just read say. it as a matter of fact. I just Let's read see. it as Justin because it's, it's on here as Justin. Yep. Colleen Justice.
1: No. Justice.
2: Yeah, Colleen Justice. So, you know.
1: No pressure. That was no Mike. Big deal. No pressure.
2: Was well, Mike who? <laughs> justice from
1: Mike Edlovich. <laughs> he said Colleen Justin in the. Who said that? Mike from Royal Comedy. Well,
2: oh, it, 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 Mike Edlovich. It's really He knows,
1: knows me. me. Uh, I
2: Mike. Yeah. You, you do instead of. Well, you know, Justin and Justice are very close very together. Close. So you could be saying Justice and people think you're saying yeah,
1: Justice. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That's true. I think you should call him Mike Edla bitch from now
1: on. <laughs> no, I, oh, heard,
3: do, bitch. I do. I that do. I do. have to edit that too.
2: Oh,
0: no, you don't. Uh, no,
2: I don't. Have to what was amazing about that night for me? Because they asked me if I'd do it, and I said, "Yeah, it would be fine, no problem."
3: Everybody was so nervous. But a lot
2: of people wouldn't do it because they thought I would rip the hell out of them and ruin their careers. <laughs> like,
1: so, you have a no. reputation, I guess. I didn't. I didn't think that at all.
2: I don't know why when they ever saw me destroying some comedian's career because no. it's never happened.
1: No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I didn't hear that. I didn't. I mean, that wasn't my trepidation. Mine was. I feel like roasts are done best when you know the person you're roasting yeah, because yeah, it comes true. from a place of love right. or, or admiration or all those things. So when you have some who's this no-name coming in and just like, hey, slinging them at it, it's just kind of, it's a little bit harder. And it it comes off maybe a little bit more aggressive. I don't know. I, no, not it, at all. Yeah. But you was honestly great. was a on, on, if. For all the things that people hear or say or whatever, being in the public spotlight like you have, I just look, I always kind of judge people of like how your family and your friends yeah. look to you. And no, no one can true. say nothing but nice things about you. I mean... Well, I made them lie. Well, I did I tell them I was
2: going to shoot them if they didn't
1: lie. You <laughs> would destroy their careers. So no non-disclosure
2: wonder they were disclosure agreements we all signed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do have to take a break here, but we're going to spend the entire next hour with Colleen Justice. She's in studio. We're going to have fun. Yeah. We. And it is it is Mike bitch, From now on, <laughs> we'll be right back. Tom Ambrosian. It's Show. official.